0: Here we go, final seconds. Clutch is his name, talking sports is his game. End zone, touchdown, with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch, this is the final play. Unbelievable. We are back, we are. Welcome into the final play with Mikey Clutch. I am your host, Mikey Clutch. And when I say we're back, we are back, baby. Well, it's been a long, 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 long hiatus, but we're here. We have, you know, a little tease for what's coming in two weeks with golf, NFL kickoff, two months away. We are two months away, about. 60-plus days from uh, Thursday night with the Kansas City Chiefs hosting those Detroit Lions that everybody is loving so much after last year, kind of seeing them come back. And little NBA stuff. We got free agency trades, um, signings, and then obviously Summer League with, you know, the number one draft pick that has all the hype around him, probably the most hype since LeBron James about 20 years ago. Um, so, yeah, Wemby, Victor Wemby sorry, I can't really say that well yet, we'll get there, but Wemby, officially in the NBA, and how about the start to his summer league, getting into Vegas, he's at a hotel, walking with his security, and what pops, iconic pop star, runs up to him and grabs him, Britney Spears, my once, fir- my first crush, my first celebrity crush. I would probably have to say, but yeah, she runs up on him, she grabs him, and his security guard, you know, swipes his arm backwards, hit her hand and her hand, hit her face. It was a big ordeal to begin the week. Um, you know, it, it, you kind of have to expect, like, probably the security guard definitely. They're not looking right behind them. They just see some lady run up to Vic and grab him, and, and and your first reaction is, hey, I gotta protect this guy. You know, he, this Frenchman, like the 7'3", I like phenom. Everybody's calling him. You, you gotta protect him, and yeah, you you just can't do that. No matter who you are, you you don't just run up on somebody, grab him when they're especially when they're around their security. I mean, you could surprise somebody, catch him off guard. And, and Wemby didn't even turn around when she grabbed him. He was just still walking straight. So I mean, he had nothing to do with that situation other than being Victor Wembleyama. Um But yeah, and nothing. No charges were pressed, obviously. But yeah, Brittany, you gotta you gotta watch out, girl. You, you gotta be careful out there. Um, you know, because these security guards they they don't again they don't care who you are. They're they're out there to protect their number one asset. Um, but that's that's the drama side of. The summer league, but how about last night's game, his debut, which I was surprised he ended up playing in in the summer league after a long season in Europe and, and making it to the finals and, and falling short. But uh, yeah, he 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 still went out there and played. Maybe looked a little shaky offensively as far as his shooting, but he, he was passing the ball very well when he needed to. He, he was finding guys. Uh, he, he had a few assists, but, you know, some guys missed some shots, and there were a couple of easy layups, but he'll he'll get it. As long as he's distributing the ball and, and looking to make the right play, he's going to transition very easily into this league. As far as the shooting, it could be some nerves, all this hype around you, it's your first NBA game action ever, and you, you kind of want to go out there and impress people and, and, and give them all you got, um, but probably some nerves there, but... What I'm really impressed, and and where I think he is gonna be great right off the bat, is his defense. Uh, You know, five blocks, and he he's a really great rim protector with his size, of course, right. So I'm looking for him to start off his NBA career being a distributor, playing elite defense, and then once he gets in a groove and comfortable, because he did say. It, it, it was getting used to the NBA speed and all that last night. So I think he's going to eventually get there, and and he's going to get right. I, I just know it. But he, he went up against Brandon Miller, the number two pick in the draft, and Brandon Miller's had a had a rough couple games. He, he looked good in the first half. He had a couple nice three-pointers, but then he kind of got cold after that, finished three for ten from three, uh, and it just – his 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 foul trouble is really concerning. i I know it's g league, right and it's it's hard to really t- take some concrete information from these games because uh, the competition's not all that great because a lot of these guys aren't gonna make rosters. but when you have five plus fouls in your first two summer league games, that, that's gonna be an issue if you're gonna be a guy who's counted on offensively, you can't be in foul trouble. Um, people are going to be hunting you on defense if you're a liability out there. Uh, so, yeah, Miller hasn't looked all that great in the start, but he does have a beautiful shooting stroke. I, I will give him that. His stroke, uh, man, it, it's nice. It, it's a thing of beauty. So I think he'll again. These they're rookies. They have never played professionally other than you know Scoot in the G League. But well, and, and Wemby in Europe, right? But Brandon Miller, coming out of college, completely different ball game. And I I want to talk about Scoot. He he got injured in his G uh, G League summer league debut, so he's probably going to be out for the rest of the summer league. They're they're not going to want to take any chances there. Uh, but you know, it's a bummer, right? You want to see the top draft picks go out there and compete, even if it is summer league. You you just want a little taste of what they might bring. Uh, to the NBA, and I I don't know, I I think the expectations for all three are pretty high in in regards to being a really top-heavy draft class, and everybody was hyping these three guys up, but Wemby Niyama, I definitely do feel like the expectations are a little unfair. They're a little too high, Uh, you know, it's... He's not going to be LeBron James right off the bat, and I think everybody's expecting him to come in day one and have the impact LeBron did day one. I mean, LeBron went out there and scored 20-plus points. I think he had eight rebounds and eight assists or something like that. Um, I don't have those numbers right in front of me, but uh, like he, he's he might not have that stat line, but what I'm going to look for Wemby is definitely his defense, and if he can be an anchor on defense and like I said earlier, distribute the ball to guys and make the right play for his teammates to, you know, get easy buckets. I think the Spurs can definitely compete maybe for a play-in. Uh, I still think they're a couple players away, a couple star players away to at least making the playoffs as a lower seed. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. It's uh season hasn't even started yet. We got a few months before that, but, It's still nice to see Wemby in some game action, and hopefully we see him some more this summer league. Moving on to some trades and free agency signings. Now, I'm not going to talk about every team. I'm going to talk about two teams in particular that have high expectations just based on the pedigree and the superstars they have on their teams. And I'm going to start with the Warriors first. You know, they, they, they trade for Chris Paul, which... I'm not too sure how much Chris Paul, how much really great games Chris Paul has left. I, I, that drop off in the playoffs two years ago, right after his birthday, I, I just, he, he didn't look good at all. Like right after, I think it was after his 37th birthday. And it, he just looked so bad right after. And he hasn't been the same since. I, there's a, there's one shot where I always thought that when if you gave Chris Paul that look, he was gonna knock it down 99 out of 100 times, and, and that that's that little you know shot from from the elbow, and he just ha- hasn't been shooting it with confidence. It looks like he's not sure to shoot it, and um, you know if he can hit that shot and get that underway with the shooting he's gonna have around him in Golden State. That's all he needs to do is, you know, make make the right decision, distribute the ball to these guys that are elite shooters, and get to that elbow shot. I think the the Warriors could be definitely dangerous, and Chris Paul's defense can, you know, kind of get to where maybe seventy five to eighty percent of what he used to be elite. But with him and Draymond, because Draymond signing that. You know, hundred million dollar contract. I'm glad he's staying as well. There's a lot of leadership on this team, and Chris Paul. We saw got a lot of a lot out of DeAndre Ayton when they made that finals run, and I think Chris Paul is a no no bullshit kind of guy, and he's gonna demand the best from all these guys, and and I guarantee he's gonna demand a lot from Clay and Steph as well, which is good, right? Draymond. It, 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 doesn't have to be the vocal vocal leader hundred percent of the time. And without Jordan Poole there, because now he's in Washington, I, I like this because you keep Draymond, you get rid of Poole who just folded last year after the incident between him and Draymond with with, with the punch and all that. So I, I I like this new look. Well kind of new look uh Warriors, but if they can if they can really get Chris Paul back to a little bit what he was. I think they can compete um, with the West, but again, is it enough to go against those Nuggets when the no, those Nuggets are fully healthy? Because Jamal Murray is amazing, and he definitely doesn't get the respect he deserves. And obviously Jokic proving why and claiming that number one player in in the entire world Crown, yeah, he showed it back-to-back MVPs, and then he he followed that up with a title. I mean, it it really should have been three MVPs in a row with a Finals MVP in the same year as his third MVP. But hey, I, I'm guaranteeing you he's happy with not winning the MVP and winning the Finals MVP for sure. So that I think the Warriors still have maybe one or two moves just to get a little deeper because those young guys did not step up to the plate like we all wanted to last year. And I'm talking about Kaminga and Moody, and obviously Poole, who's no longer there. But we'll see. We'll see. And, and this brings me to my next team, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, the Lakers, to me, really... I mean, Rob Polinka and that front office did so many things right. They they got deeper, which they needed to, and they got guys... on cheaper contracts than you would expect them to to sign you know they bring in Gabe Vincent which is a great sign another shooter and a great defender to play with LeBron you you, you re-sign Austin Reeves 56 million dollars four years they they before this all started we thought he was gonna get the max contract at 98 million for four years and you get him for almost half so that is key so that way they're able to sign some of these guys. I'm not really big on the Jackson Hayes signing. I You know, he, him in New Orleans, he, he's just a... He's kind of like a springy guy, a lot of energy. But, I mean, to help Anthony Davis out, I don't know if that's really the guy that I, I want coming out on the floor when Anthony Davis goes out. You you, you re-sign Rui um, and and Torian Prince, who's who's played really well. Uh, he was playing really well in Minnesota. So I really like a lot of these signings. And and we'll see if D'Angelo Russell, he, he signed for a cheaper deal as well. We'll see what the Lakers do with him, if he's playing well, if they can move him as a trading piece. That would be awesome. That would be really nice. But I think the Lakers have a really good shot at challenging the Nuggets, probably a better shot than the Warriors, Because I did like what the Lakers did, even though they got swept, right? They got swept by the Nuggets last year in the conference finals. But those games were fairly close. Uh, They weren't blowouts by any margin. They they were close late in games. So I I think the Lakers have a really good shot at competing with the Denver Nuggets next year. And barring any serious injuries to Anthony Davis or LeBron James or even Austin Reeves, any of these guys that help make them deeper, they can easily make a deep run next year. I really believe in that. And then finally, the last thing I wanted to touch on with the NBA, the Chicago Bulls, I don't know what they're doing. I I hope they're signing Vooch the, the three years for that 60 mil to hopefully be a affordable contract for a comp, comp, uh, contending team and kind of making that a trade piece because – it just—I don't know what they're thinking. That front office. When the new regime came in, they made some great moves that I thought were gonna help the team, but those moves haven't panned out per usual with the Bulls. And I don't know what what they're thinking. I, I bringing back Booch, Levine, and Demar, and you're you bringing back Kobe White and, and Io, uh, which I love Io. I love Kobe White. But they really need to figure out and kind of get some different players in there because the current roster they have now is just not going to compete. You were bounced out of the play-in tournament and and they're not even a play-in team, in my opinion, going into next year. So I I just... I don't like what the Bulls have done and the lack of moves that they should have done or I don't know. I, I just think you need to trade at least Levine and Vooch and, and, and try and get a haul back or at least some picks to kind of reset and, and just start drafting younger guys and developing them because I just I don't like what I see with these the big three that they have. It just hasn't been impressive. And Levine to me has been the biggest disappointment in a long time for a bowl and it's just it's it's hard to watch. It is so hard to watch. He's so inconsistent. He doesn't give you anything defensively um, he, he, his his th- his three-point shooting streaky. I, I I don't know. I, I just didn't like them keeping Levine and, and not getting rid of him last season. I thought they should have traded him before the deadline to uh, a contending team that wanted him and, and needed him to help them with their title chances. But uh, yeah, I, I just these these same look bulls to me are gonna go nowhere and, and nowhere fast. And that's basically all I have about that. I just wanted to voice my opinion on this Vucevic signing, and and the non-shakeup that that front office has uh, yet to do. Moving on to a league that always has things shaken up, and that's the NFL. Two months away, baby. Two months away from kickoff. Oh, man. I swear, the years always feel longer between Super Bowl and then the next season's kickoff. It just time goes by so slow when you're waiting for the NFL kickoff to come back and watch some football. But we we finished free agency. We're past the draft, and we still have DeAndre Hopkins on the market. And DeAndre Hopkins came out, and he says he's got plenty left in the tank. You know, he's saying he's going to retire if he's a sub one thousand yard receiver. He, He he was also stating that he was on pace for a 1,400-yard season until his MCL injury, and then obviously he was suspended for six games. So I, and I believe him. I think whoever gets him, I still want to see him in Baltimore with OBJ and, and Bateman, um, but I would love to see him in KC as well. I don't really want to see him in New England, but if that means Mac Jones gets a an elite playmaker, then I'm all for it because I, I do... After his rookie season and, and kind of the unfortunate circumstances that Mac Jones was in last year with Matt Patricia, a defensive coordinator, and filled head coach, moving to his offense coordinator because Josh McDaniel, uh, McDaniel's, uh, Josh McDaniel, sorry, it moved on to Las Vegas. That offense just did not look good at all. Their bright spot was um, Stevenson at running back. So. I, I think that if they did bring in DeAndre Hopkins, that it would make them a little bit hard to defend offensively. I, I still don't think it'll make them, you know, a potential wild card team, just based on that division and how amazing that Jets defense is. And obviously, yes, bringing Aaron Rodgers, which is going to be a huge upgrade from Mac, uh, not Mac Jones, sorry. Um, wow, I'm already blanking on this kid's name because he really didn't do anything uh, as far as last year. Uh, wow, Jets QBs. Sorry, Zach Wilson. Yeah, see, that, that's how little impact he's had on the Jets last year. I forgot his damn name already, but his idol is in town, and we, we all know that meme or, or quote, you know, whoever they bring in, they're going to have to watch out. Uh, I, I, It's Aaron Rodgers' job. You got Garrett Wilson, who I think is going to have another great season. He gives me Devontae Adams vibes. And I, I, hopefully Aaron Rodgers can trust him right away. He's going to have to trust a lot of these guys. A lot of them um, are young and new faces for him. But I, I do like the Jets and then also the Buffalo Bills, of course. And, and, and don't forget Miami. So that's why I think these – the Patriots are going to struggle in in this division even if they did get DeAndre Hopkins because that division is stacked. We had two teams make the playoffs last year, almost three. Uh, If Jets had a quarterback, it would have been three teams out of that division to make the playoffs. And so that's why I don't think just getting DeAndre Hopkins for that offense is going to make too big of an impact as they might want. Some quarterback news for... My favorite team, the 49ers, Brock Purdy, he gets engaged. But even more importantly, he's on track to be ready for the 2023 season. Remember he had surgery in March for that elbow injury that he suffered in that damn NFC championship game. Uh, But he started throwing end of May. And then he went to Jacksonville with a QB coach and orthopedic specialist a couple weeks ago in June for throwing. So he's on track. They're still, you know, ramping them up week by week. Uh, every session, they're, they're, you know, they're increasing the intensity a little bit, but not too much because you want this thing to heal properly, and and you don't want to overdo it and put extra stress on it. And then, you you know, he 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 can play a couple weeks, and then he injures it in week three, week four. You, you want to take your time with this because uh, it is supposed to be a longer um, healing injury. So. As long as he can stay on track and he doesn't overdo it and he's doing everything that they want and need him to do, I have no doubt he's going to be back to either win the job or at least compete with Lance and a lot of hype around Darnold, but I do not think Darnold will be the starter. I would like to see Lance if Purdy's not ready just because Lance hasn't had a fair enough shot. But that being said, Purdy looking at, As good as he did last year coming in, I beat this like a dead horse. The accuracy that Purdy showed, putting the ball in place, on time, in stride, is really what I took away last year. I don't care if it was a fluke or what. I think he deserves his chance to remain the starter. I'm talking Purdy because, like I said, Lance always looked a little shaky, a little inaccurate uh I, I know the one game was a monsoon you can't really look at that but those other games i mean his his completion percentage is just not there and he's missed a lot of guys short deep just uh, you know overthrowing them it, it's it, it it hasn't looked good as far as the eye test can see and with purdy the eye test was all there especially with the elite weapons that that offense has why not put Purdy in there and, and have a guy who can get the ball to these playmakers who can touch the ball and run and, and make plays? I, I mean, look at the, the Niners led the league in yards after catch basically the last two years combined, and it, it's just it's it, and that's what you need. You need a guy that's going to be able to get the ball to these guys, and like I said, Lance just hasn't shown he can do that. And Darnold, who knows? Kyle Shanahan really is a quarterback guru. And, and that QB Whisperer, if Lance gets hurt again or he isn't quite ready and, and Purdy isn't ready, Darnold coming in, I I would have a little more faith just knowing that Shanahan, Shanahan has been able to coach him. But from what I've seen from Darnold, I, I don't think he's there mentally. But again, he is back home in Cali. Maybe it's a comfort thing he he did kind of have a, a shitty start to his career with with Gates as his coach and just he looked wonky as a rookie and then you had last year in Carolina who was a cube that was a quarterback carousel over there they bring in Baker Mayfield nobody really looked good in that spot but again that offense wasn't really that prolific either so is it that Donald hasn't really had a good shot with great players around him or great coaching around him that could very well be or is it that maybe he just isn't that guy that we thought coming out of college he was going to be but I will give this to Darnold because remember he was drafted at 21 years old 21 and uh, like that's pretty young for a guy coming out of college and so he is still as far as NFL standards go, a really young guy. And the fact that he's gotten some experience and he's only 26 years old. He's three years older than Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Only three years. So, I mean, 26-year-old, only five years in the league. I think uh, he he might still have something to prove and want to show people, hey, you know, this was a learning experience these last five years. Now that I got, I'm got, i in the right place, watch me sling it. But again, do I think that's going to happen? Not really. But only time will tell with this NFL season coming up. So very excited for it. Can't wait. I mean, nothing gets you juiced up more than talking football and seeing football all over the headlines right now. Obviously, baseball's out there. It's about the only competitive sport that we can really watch. Um, Me, you know, hockey is done as well. Uh, And and baseball, I mean, it's the regular season. It's so long. It it gets boring because there's so many games. There's really no sense of urgency up until, you know, September and October. Um, And then, obviously, basketball, is Summer League, that's not really going to get interesting until about February, March, after the trade deadline. And, like I said, NFL. But I competitively, there is one sport that I love watching and I'll get into for a short short amount of time because it's probably not that interesting to you out there but it is interesting to me and that is professional golf the PGA big news merging with live or merging with the uh, the financial investment firm. Uh, the private investment firm and kind of getting their star players like Kepka back, DeChambeau, uh Mickelson. Who Mickelson? You thought he was done in his career at his age. Uh, you know he's older than Tiger, but you look at him; he's so in shape, and he just he looks so reinvigorated. He lost a lot of weight. He just r- looks really athletic and 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 a lot of energy. And, and that's awesome to see a guy at his age compete in in these majors and and really putting up some great scores. But Kepka obviously winning the PGA championship, coming back, and really it took that to speed things up with the PGA to get these live guys back. My favorite guy, Cam Smith, who I've missed dearly on this tour, but he is at least going to be able to defend his open title in a couple weeks. And that's what I want to talk on is this open. Uh, I'll give my picks out next week. Uh, I'll give you my top five uh, favorites to win the thing next week. And it's just golf's been so much fun to watch. If you play it, just give it a chance. You, if you play it, you know how hard and difficult it is to play. And it just, you grow in appreciation watching these guys hit the ball where they want to hit it that small, dimpled ball and get it within three feet of the cup. It's just, it's a sight to see and it's really fun. But, yeah, like, the guys that have been hot this year, Rom, Scheffler, both winning a lot on the tour. You got, you know, Kyle Murakawa, who's getting there, but Ricky Fowler, who hasn't won in five years, won this uh, past week, and, you know, he's been knocking on the door in the majors this year. He's been knocking a couple on the door in a couple tournaments, but it was awesome to finally see Ricky in his orange come away with a victory. Uh, it's just the emotion you see on these guys who haven't won it in a while, like, like Speeth or, or McElroy, even who, you know, McElroy's been kind of getting closer and closer to what he was when he went on that major run, you know, nine years ago. It's been that long, but he says he's still hungry and he still plays it to win another major. But to get these guys next season, the, the live guys back on the PGA Tour to really maximize the competition, golf's in a great spot. There are so many guys, 30 and under, that are really like taking control of the tour and, and, and always up there in the top of the leaderboards. And my new favorite, uh, Sam Sam Bennett, who just turned pro last month, he's been lights out, coming out of college. He's 23 years old. You got Will Zalatoris, who basically missed all this season because he had back surgery. My, my second favorite golfer, maybe my favorite golfer, next to Cam Smith. Um, I, just to see these guys back all together next year, you know, playing the Masters, playing the U.S. Open, the Open, the PGA Championship, the Players, which you know the Players isn't a major, but it's a very fun tournament that these top guys want to win. It's just one of those courses that they love playing, um, and then obviously the Tour Championship with the St. Jude's and FedEx Cup and all that. So uh, golf is in such a great spot. I'm telling you. If you don't like golf and you've never watched it, flip on a major, and it's going to be in two weeks, July 20th to the 23rd. It's the Open in Europe, okay? And I think you will just grow in appreciation. It's in Royal Liverpool Golf Club in Hoylake. And I'm just telling you, just seeing the best of the best at golf hit the ball around, there's just nothing like it. But that's going to do it. Our first show back in so long. It's been six long months. Not going to make you wait that long again. Glad to be back. Love being back. And we'll see you next week on The Final Play with Mikey Clutch. You have just tuned into The Final Play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports. It's a way of life.